Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to re- review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, NXT, Dupont, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. Less than two weeks to go till WrestleMania. Hamlet, what did you make of this week's show? Such a weird one. Like I, I got the, I got the feeling on this episode more than a lot of the ones recently that they were actually attempting to take uh, WrestleMania seriously. That big sign that hangs over the ring, that hangs over all the wrestlers, sort of Damocles that it is for most of them. Um, that they're trying to take the show seriously, but it's it's too little too late for one. You, you cannot just all of a sudden take everything seriously with two weeks to go and you should have been doing that the entire time. You should do it the entire calendar year if it is indeed the big annual payoff that you pretend it is. And I don't know, like all of WWE is still such a cartoon now that even when the wrestlers try and be earnest and serious and everything, I, I'm, Discounting the opening segment, which I genuinely cannot wait to talk about. I'm talking about the rest of the show and all the other angles. Like, even when they're trying to be serious, they are made such cartoon characters all the year round. So much of what they do is so irrelevant that it feels phony and it feels forced. And none of the serious stuff, none of the big time stuff, none of the important stuff feels like it really is the biggest night of their career. They can't, they can't just steal WrestleMania hype because one week they're trying to decide to give all these characters agency all at the t- same time. Thought so it made I Chicago crowd were hot for almost everything, mm-hmm. which creates this sort of weird tonal dissonance as well. It's just a very, very strange evening. I thought without jumping ahead too far, so I'll keep my overall thoughts on the show brief. But it was a show long runner angle about all about Seth Rollins and his quest to get to WrestleMania. It's even worse than it was on paper and has been executed in the previous weeks in terms of how they decided to do it this week. The premise is stupid. It's a self-own on WWE's part, but they are, of course, too stupid to realize that. And they did it in an even dumber way later on in the night. So I thought this was pretty garbage, pretty garbage. 
with the uh, obvious exception of something fantastic, which we're going to get out of the way early. Mm, indeed. Uh, let's dive straight into it then, because Raw opened with the glass-shattering, stone-cold Steve Austin's music hit. The bloody roof came off the place. People are uh, hands on their head, chucking babies in the air. They can't believe what's happening. And then, of course, Kevin Owens walks out with a bald cap on, knee braces, jean shorts, and an Austin 316 shirt. And the noise, the way that noise transformed. Do you remember when uh, Miz did it once and he came out as The Rock? Mm. And weirdly, it took people a few, like, 10 seconds, let's say, to work out when he'd physically walked through. Wait a second, that's not The Rock. It's fairly definitive, the difference between Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. So this was an instantaneous shift in noise from a huge beb to just, oh, you gits, basically. You've got us. Uh, Owens is just milking this. He's, he's got it. He's got it down. Um, I saw that clip of him from, from years ago doing the rounds again on Twitter the other day, and it made me laugh so much where he talks about playing with his action figures. Have you seen this clip? Playing, yeah, playing with his action figures, and uh, he, he's got all the music queued up for for making the entrance. But for Stone Cold, he wants it to be special, so he doesn't chuck a glass against the wall because that would make sense. He chucks a mug, and the mug <laughs> just puts a dent in the wall. And then he twist ending reveals he was seventeen when he was doing that. So yeah, understandably, <laughs> he's got the uh, the Austin uh, accent and uh, physical display. Down to a T. He does all the catchphrases. He does the what. Uh, the, the the crowd are chanting, you suck. And basically, um, he, uh, he he's, he's sort of half pretending to be Austin and then half going, I'm not Austin. I'm Kevin Owens, really. Because he said, oh, I didn't do much thinking when I accepted the WrestleMania invite. I just sort of came out on a bloody stupid golf cart in the middle of nowhere to try and like act cool. Uh, but then he says, actually, yeah, Austin's just not really doing a lot of thinking these days. The lights are on. No one's home. Uh, we get the double fake out. The crowd are chanting, we want Austin. This time, the, the glass shatters again. And he goes, you stupid bastard. <laughs> of course, it's not Austin coming to interrupt a fake Austin. Um, the old fool me once, fool me twice sort of gimmick goes on here. And uh, Owens laughs and calls them idiots. And he, again, just shoots on, on Stone Cold Steve Austin, then goes to do the old beers with, with Stone Cold's lagers, of course. And by the way, if you, if you like beer, what a chance this is. We've got a beer. We've got our very own YPA called Michael Sidgwick. Clickbait thumbnail. What a who came up with that? Me. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can order it right now at topropebrewing.com. Unfortunately, this only applies to our non-American listeners or European listeners. Uh, you can go and check it out right now. Ten fantastic beers, including our very own. 45 quid all in, free shipping if you enter the code here's why at checkout, and they will be with you in time for WrestleMania. But anyway, Owens is calling for beers, but he uh, misses the ones or he, they don't fall in his hands. He drops them or whatever, and he's pissed off at this stagehand who can't throw the beer. Um, they shouldn't have sacked the bloke who used to throw it stone cold, probably. Nope. Uh, but he says, Oh, you must do, you've got a not very good arm. You must be from bloody. Checks back of guitar. Oh, Chicago. That must be where you're from. Uh, and he gets him to come in the ring and, of course, hits him with a stunner and then pours beer on him. Uh, Hamflet, you seem eager to talk about this. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, WWE are a sports entertainment company and they can barely do the thing that they basically <laughs> didn't invented right anymore. And it's just such a treat when they do the thing that they can do 
right? The wrestler comes out dressed as another wrestler. The wrestler trolls the audience in the most satisfying way. It doesn't matter that almost all of this segment, and this is rare for WWE, so often they try and do a greatest hits package of other segments that it feels far too much like a cover than to be its own original. This somehow wasn't that. I don't know if it's just Kevin Owens' ability to elevate bad material, but you straight away mentioned the comparison to when The Miz did this as The Rock. There's, of course, the one when you get the second music tease of Shawn Michaels teasing out both Hogan and Bret Hart in Montreal. Um, And yet, none of this felt like an ill-fitting tribute, but something that Kevin Owens would absolutely do to one of Steve Austin's favourite crowds at this exact point on their own individual road to WrestleMania as well. It's so hard to play with the tropes of WWE and the tropes of sports entertainment and still make them authentic and still make them entertaining. And this was all of that. And regardless of your like subjective takes on the scripted material he was given or indeed Owen's impression of Steve Austin, you judge this most of all by the noise. So as you like, like beautifully articulated, that crowd immediately switching to just pure bilious hatred for what they were seeing versus what they thought they were about to get when Owens walked through that doorway. And then not just for me, like obviously the, the second tease was great and it was received as such by fans that were yet again pissed off that they'd been had by this complete arsehole. But for me, it was the laughter when he dropped the cans because they were so furious with him for getting too over on them that they just thought, ah, we finally got one over than him because he's dropped the cans. And of course, he's dropped the cans to be able to set up an excuse to stun this guy. Even that is Kevin Owens having the audience on strings because the because the, the cheer that went out was actually satisfaction of a heel seemingly suffering in the moment. You were witnessing a WWE crowd reacting to the storyline, to the character and absolutely nothing else. And that in itself felt like a bit of a collector's item. In and Chicago, no less. Yeah, a, a, a total treat of a like a road to wrestlemania bit of sports entertainment couldn't have loved this more this was easy money done well this is an easy old standard at this point in wwe canon and they executed it tremendously the one thing i really want to put over in addition like kevin owens looked like an imbecile he looked so stupid but it worked so well because in his head he thinks by dressing up with like the actual big <laughs> that he's making it look like Austin looks stupid. In reality, Kevin Owens looks like a fool and he's the one who thinks he isn't. It worked on every single level imaginable. The, the prosthetics looked so poor, but all the better for looking poor. He was completely deluded. His manipulation of the crowd was exceptional. His reaction to the second fake out got them twice. Of course, he got fed fans twice, but it was still nice to see. <laughs> he got them twice. The thing that struck me, right, that I really, really want to put over, because it wasn't just usually you just put over the talent and more often than not, their ability to do something incredible or even very, very good in spite of the WWE system. For once... This was the WWE system, even WWE production working in harmony with yeah. its talent. And it's funny when they actually care and they can actually do this together, how much better it is. The opening shot of this show was absolutely incredible. The point of view of the camera, I'm sorry, that uh, the, yeah, the position of the camera, if you remember at the very start of the broadcast, captured every single available fan from one single vantage point focused on the Tron, all the way back, 
making sure that the full house was there. And they never do that. They reserve that special shot for what they teased being a special moment. So when you saw that shot and you heard that iconic glass shatter, you thought, oh, Christ, it's Austin. It's Austin because they picked the perfect camera angle to make it seem like this huge moment that literally everyone visible on camera was going to love and react very enthusiastically to. Cut to Kevin Owens. Just brilliant, brilliant production choice by WWE here. Yeah, I, I can't, I just got to reiterate both of what you said there. I thought a brilliant opening to, to Monday Night Raw. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was the, I just, I've rewatched the clip about three or four times. I think uh, Alex McCarthy of TalkSport shared it in this isolation. And the, they're like, oh my God, he's here. And then there's like the head slap of like a face palm of like, how, why have I, because like afterwards you sit there and go, yeah. Think about the app. I mean, that'd be a great surprise, but it's modern WWE. They'd say, or they'd at least bloody tease something on social media. Um, but the fact they got them twice, yes, it's, it's great stuff. And, and Kevin Owens just fumbling the beers just added to it all as well. Um, right, we go to the back and there is Seth Rollins with, uh, oh yeah, Kevin Patrick. Uh, who asked him about the fact he's not going to WrestleMania. They actually did some Cody chants this week, Sige. It only took them, what, a month and a half to finally get the gist? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and he, he's not happy about the question that, that Kevin's asked him. So Seth Rollins just steals the microphone and leaves. Uh, and then we get the Mysterios versus, I'll never get tired of saying this, NXT champion Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Um, who we're going to be talking about later on the NXT preview. What called dressing, what, wherever you get your podcast you, two, two podcasts with Bobby Roode content. <laughs> anyway, early on. <laughs> he's, he's, he's all right. Early on in the match. They hit dives in the Mysterios and Seth Rollins' music's hit and he comes out uh, and he's insisting he wants a spot at WrestleMania, something arguably even bigger than Austin. He's got a plan, uh, but this mic gets cut off. And he storms off and the match just continues. Um, Ray makes a comback, tags in Dominic. Dominic's got Rude pinned, but Ziggler breaks it up. So then Dominic hits a cutter on Ziggler. Rude hits him with a spine buster, but Dominic fights back, puts him in position. 619, frog splash. One, two, three. And then it's all going on here. Post-match, Ziggler super kicks Dominic. Miz hits Ray Mysterio with a skull-crushing finale and unmasks him to the chagrin of the Chicago crowd. And uh, Ray covers his face, and Dom gets him a gets his daddy a towel, um, so the, uh, the the they don't see his face. And uh, well, what a shocking conclusion to this match! Yeah. This is a nine minute match that I'll never remember for a million years. Mostly competently worked, except Dominic Mysterio still looks like he's trying to remember what to do instead of just being able to do it. At this point, he's been doing this long enough where it's like. Is he going to be any good? I don't think so. How you in a dojo, for God's sake? Stop being arrogant. Realise that you're useless at this. <laughs> accept that. They're probably better off developing experience elsewhere and getting reps in front of different kinds of audiences because this system isn't working for too many people. Yeah, Dominic looked lost on occasion or sloppy and just generally taking me out of the match. I've seen Ray's. In contrast to the uh, to the opening segment, where like done infrequently, I will be catnip for a fake out. 
Rey Mysterio getting his mask taken off. I've seen it a million times. It doesn't really scan as a sacrilegious thing anymore, particularly because he's no longer really booked like this legend where it feels like sacrilegious to remove his mask, his iconography, because he's not really an icon on WWE TV these days. So, yeah, none of this work. I've honestly, I've seen like mattress showrooms less comfortable than Dominic Mysterio's cut a look to take. Jesus Christ, that kid is gentle with his offense. And we see a lot of this on NXT 2.0. And I don't know, it just jaws agape at the idea that these people would be permitted to wrestle on television. This isn't even the developmental. This is raw. He's He's got to get better. And I think, you know, like we're in a position where we get to be critics. And I think at this point, uh, like I, I'm not going to speak for Cedric, but I certainly feel like I've been gentle on Dominic Mysterio's development. He got given quite a wide berth off the back of having to start in a pandemic. It was a strange period to start as a wrestler. They position him like he's 12, as Cedric is the large adult son. Like he's, he's not, he's 26, 27 or whatever he is. There's like his own dad had been doing it about 13 years at this point and had already developed a legacy that like is still talked about today by the time he was Dominic's age. So it's okay to treat him like any other wrestler and ask for a little bit more from his ability and from his development. Um, yeah, the mask stuff didn't really work for me, but the way the wrestlers were selling it, I think it's going to, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for a week because I think they're going to make Logan Paul like tit around in that mask mm-hmm. and that's going to be like incredibly dis- that is in the way that this doesn't really scan as anything that is going to scan as supremely disrespectful and i think that like the way miz was holding that up i was like you're going to take that to your awful friend and i think i think that's going to play quite well there's your line for miz a lot of people saying to me unmasking ray mysterio last week was uh, disrespectful and speaking of uh, people who know a lot about being disrespectful the man who filmed in a suicide forest it's logan paul ladies and gentlemen <laughs> That's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's what actually happened later. Miz was backstage, uh, on, I presume with Maurice rather than Logan, uh, talking about taking Ray's mask. Love you. Uh, when Gilbert Platter interrupts uh, and asks him why he took his mask. And Miz says, well, uh, Logan Paul grew up as a huge fan of Ray Mysterio, but you should never meet your heroes. And, well, Mysterio's a bell end, basically. And uh, Miz is happy to humiliate them. And he dares Logan Paul to wear the mask on Raw next week. Well, I don't want to be, I don't want to piss on Hamlet's chips here because I love that pitch. But wasn't it the case one week ago, two weeks ago, where Logan Paul was like reluctant to play the heel and bury Cleveland alongside the Miz? Aren't they running this idiotic storyline where Logan Paul actually likes the Mysterios a bit more than the Miz, really? Are they going to babyface an actual IRL heel because they're so incompetent? <laughs> well, WWE is the place where a Paul brother is afraid of the heat. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Or a place so incompetent that they receive genuinely horrendous people as the baby faces because they do things that maybe are than the stupid thing we do and you're an idiot for liking. Oh my M- god. Maybe I've shot a brainwave. Sorry, Hamlet, yeah. you you were saying something there. Well, no, but I had one too. I wonder if we've happened upon the same point. Maybe he is in such reverence as the Mysterios. Like, the Paul brothers are obsessed by YouTube numbers. Maybe they've seen the stats from last week and he's going to answer Omos's open challenge and just be like, sorry, I've got got something better. I'll have that. Maybe they've seen the numbers that Rey Mysterio does on the Divine channel. It's absolutely incredible. (laughs) It is. 
I, um, before I think, baseball, can I spoil that pain quickly? You can. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to take sharp things away from Sid quickly uh, because I'm pitching a double turn at WrestleMania. Logan Paul turns babyface. Dominic Mysterio turns heel, aligns himself Ow. with Miz and takes over Ow. Damien Mizdow's gimmick I, and becomes Dominic Mysterio. Hello. Um, Will Bond, I love it. I love it. I love it. But I think I'm going to be... I'm going to need a clearer visual of how that's going to play out because I just can't foresee how they might arrive at it. Well, obviously, Logan Paul betrays The Miz and The Miz gets beat. Yeah. He always loses it. Yeah. And then... Getting it with it. I'm with it. I'm with and it. And celebrating. Logan Paul's like, yeah, yeah, And runs up the ramp with the Mysterios. And he goes... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just distracted <laughs> by Sid here. Stare. Uh, and he goes, he goes, you know what you should do? Uh, you know what me and, uh, what's his brother called? The real bell end. Jake, uh, what we do sometimes is we do like, you know, chicken fights. We put him on shoulders. So you should do that with your dad. Does that. Electric yeah. chairs, the old brick on the road. <laughs> and then that is real WrestleMania backlash because they get to run this match again, but with... Yeah. Sid, your thoughts? I was going to Twitter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I read out the first tweet I see regardless of who it is and what it is? Oh, this is dangerous, this. <laughs> oh, it's uh, a good account, this. Okay. Um, Hollywood Hangman, Adam Page, yeah. Pierce Parody. Is Tony Storm's 90 day up yet, he asks. Presumably because he wants to see her on AEW television. <laughs> Uh, oh, in the midst of this, Rollins complained to Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville and cackled. Uh, and then they said, uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar will be on Raw next week because it's the go-home for WrestleMania, presumably. Then we got a two-on-one handicap match. It was Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz versus Big George Omos. Uh, who's just been wrecking dudes, particularly these dudes, for fun. And guess what? He did it again. Uh, despite the fact Apollo and Aziz uh, attacked Omos before the match, he battered them both. Uh, scoop slam to Aziz from Omos. Cruz gets hit with a press slam. Uh, Omos hit Cruz with a tree slam and then smashed them, stacked them, pinned them both, sort of. The referee was like, well, that shoulders aren't down, but bollocks. No one can see that. Count it. One, two, three. Post-match, Omos cuts a promo who uh, dares anyone on Raw or at WrestleMania to step up to him. No matter who it was, they would get dominated. I couldn't believe... Have you seen the news about who he's probably facing at WrestleMania, Hamlet? No. Go on. Do you know this, Sige? I think I overheard you when you were recording the news Probably, because I was so astonished by this. Allegedly, uh, <laughs> more details on whatculture.com, of course, it will be Omos versus... Former WWE champion Bobby Lashley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what is he not? How how's that gonna how's that gonna? I mean, but how's it gonna work? I do quietly enjoy this gimmick of WWE, kind of knowing full well they can't tell stories, and acknowledging this in storylines by saying, "Well, something might happen at WrestleMania, might not." Like, Three at this yeah. point. There's the Seth Rollins opponent. Mm -hmm. There's the Austin not being there. You'll turn up on the night. And now, well, I might have a match, but don't tell a story. Don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Also, they still haven't, they're less than two weeks away, they still haven't confirmed the United States Championship match between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. That's a big loss. Stop running angles. Literally on all three shows at this point, NXT 2.0 included, where people find... 50 different ways to get onto WrestleMania when your central plot point is that Seth Rollins can't get on the show. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. 
There's, like, yeah, it's happening on every episode. Wrestlers are just being inserted or dropped into matches. It goes right the way back to Edge being like, I fancy a WrestleMania match. Watch it. This is before he went blue. You know, I, I just fancy a match. Like, this has been happening since the night after the Royal Rumble. There's been somebody every week just basically getting onto the card just by asking, just by walking into the right room. Seth Rollins has spent a month not being able to make it. On the same night that Omos has just been like, ah, I'll have a match going then. Just do what Cena did. Just get rubbish. pissed on the front row. Not difficult. Ridiculous. Anyway, I, I love I love Cena. That I still like fondly remember, even though obviously what we got was very different to what we would have done had there been no pandemic. But how little Bray Wyatt looked when Cena was like, "Guess there's no space on the card for me this year. It's going to be hitting the old dirty trail." And then Bray, fresh off getting smashed by Goldberg with his still had his fiend jacket on. Yo, yo. <laughs> You, you, I do. Okay, let's go to war. <laughs> fiend. Me and you with a fiend. <laughs> uh, then we got the promo, the uh, the return of AJ Styles to Marrow. Uh, he said he's been missing uh, for the last two weeks and he's missed out on stuff um, whilst he's been away recovering from his injuries. Uh, he watched the replay of what Edge did to him over and over while sitting at home. Uh, he just wanted to be alone and didn't want to be around his wife and kids. Has a has a pandemic. <laughs> you right? anyway. I've, just, I've just I've just been watching the edge of Styles attack over and over. <laughs> so uh, Styles talked about watching Edge's promos with mood lighting over the past two weeks, but he didn't care. He wasn't here for answers. He was here to kick kick Edge's teeth down his throat, and uh, Edge is going to get the bulldog Styles at WrestleMania. Uh, but he called him out for a fight right now. No Edge though, so Styles called him a coward. Out comes Rollins, the crowd chat for Cody, uh, and Rollins tells him to settle down. Rumours don't make moments. He was just living for his WrestleMania moment, he said. Uh, yes, they do. You, think, you, think, you think bastard that can't improvise? Yes, they do. That's what they all are. That's what this whole company is. you crap. When we're out there, I, I got him. I got him. I cut that right off. Hack. Absolute hack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stars told him to cut the crap. He wants to know why he was out there. And uh, Ryan said he was concerned for the health and well-being of AJ Styles. Uh, are you even capable of facing Edge, he asks? Uh, maybe you should go home, hug his wife. What's his wife called again? Oh, yeah. Wendy Styles. Uh, and his kid, <laughs> baby Styles. Uh, fully recover and then maybe come back after WrestleMania instead. Uh, you know, Rollins will take care of Edge there. But Styles said, you, you ain't taking my spot. If I can walk, I'll face Edge. Um, and Rollins goes, oh, only if you can walk, eh? But Styles says, oh, I know what you're trying to do. And Rollins uh, asks the crowd if they want to see AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins tonight. Uh, and uh, uh, AJ says he'd do what Rollins couldn't do, and that is destroy Edge. And once he's done with that, then he'd come back to Rollins. But out come Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, and they just made the match. They just said, yeah, all right, yeah, if Rollins wins, um, he replaces AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And so Rollins was being a cocky twat, and then Styles chinned him. Sige? Hmm. <laughs> so we've got, this is the bit with uh, Deville and Pierce, yeah? Yeah. Right. I hate this so much. Part of the problem with WWE discourse is that a lot of thick people are too thick to realise how stupid this company is. The idea, when you are building towards a destination show. The ultimate destination show, the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania, is that ideally you want the audience to invest in the matches. You want the audience to invest in matches 
that you are promoting as a big major deal that you simply cannot miss or else you won't have any fun. You won't be involved in the community of any of any wrestling fandom. You'll kick yourself for missing this amazing thing that's going to happen. Mm. You can't miss it. Buy it on Peacock. It's streaming live for a, for a bargain price. Don't miss this. This match is going to be incredible. The villain appears. I could change it. <laughs> you can change it if you want. CM Punk versus MJF Revolution. It's coming up. Well, unless, of course, MJF loses to uh, one of the bolder guys, I suppose. Oh, oh, I might just change it, actually, if you're asking. No. Make me think this match is incredibly important. It's completely etched in stone, much less penned in on this card, because it's so great. It's going to be such a classic. The stakes are so high. They hate each other. The work itself is going to be amazing. You're going to see a fabulous back and forth, dramatic epic. Oh, yeah, we could change it. Rock, Can you imagine? Rock Austin, but instead, you know, they're just going to replace Rock with, uh, I don't know, uh, Lance Storm. If he wins this match, it's just preposterous. Like McGregor Mayweather, you're going to get the biggest pay-per-view record money fight ever. Oh, we might change it because someone asked. (laughs) It's fitting that they don't understand that the sports entertainment empire is meant to be a wrestling promotion. You know what? Maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here because it isn't. It's not a wrestling promotion. One of these days, I'll get it through my thick head <laughs> analyzing it within the parameters of it being a wrestling promotion. I don't even know what it is. All I know is that it's stupid and it attracts mostly stupid, vile people. This could be my recency, uh, recent experiences talking, but um, Sidge especially. Do you ever um, get that thing where you kind of like lose your ass on punishments with the kids so like if they're being like naughty the night before you're like right if you don't like settle down now and go to bed there's going to be no switch tomorrow but then you realize you've gone in too hot and the next day you kind of really need to be playing the switch so you can just chill out and get five minutes to yourself so you're like right what did i say remember only an hour of switch (laughs) actually to be honest i'm quite enjoying this break on my phone just staring into space i was like right definitely this is the absolute last half an hour no more because then it's bath time and then we're getting in the bath Right, we're doing baths on Monday, but this is the last game on the Switch. <laughs> I feel like Seth Rollins is being isolation parented by Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce by this point. No, you can have that chat show with Austin, but if you lose against Owens, that's it. Definitely no more. No, nope, no more. Right, you can have this AJ style <laughs> match, but that is... <laughs> They're as sick as listening to it. Nah, 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 as we all are. They're just like, what's going to get him off our back for half an hour? <laughs> also, Wilbod, to answer your question from before, I'm pretty sure this is this is going to sound like more of a dig than I mean it to. But aren't all of AJ Styles' kids called AJ Styles? That's why he's got that big tattoo. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, AJ. I mean, AJ. Hey, AJ, come on. It's just because <laughs> I don't remember like three or four things at any one time. What were, what were my kids doing before? Which one? AJ. Okay. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, we go backstage and there is Queen Delina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With, with Carmela, uh, and she's not happy with her, basically. Uh, Carmela's just looking at her phone and uh, not paying much attention, and Zelina's trying to get her head back in the game uh, so they could concentrate, so they could retain the uh, crucially important women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. Uh, and uh, then uh, she just gets more and more wound up and eventually grabs Carmela's phone and throws it away, and she calls her an ugly bridezilla, and uh, Carmela calls Zelina a hobbit, and then Carmella slaps her and they brawl. And after he pulled apart, the tag champs can't go exist, guys. Anyway, this was followed after Styles moaned and complained in uh, the, the boss's office uh, with Natalia and Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan were all, of course, involved in that tag team title match at WrestleMania. Uh, mid-match, Carmella comes out to moan to uh, Corey Graves. Um, <laughs> He just gets distracted from the match. We all do, let's be honest. Uh, and in the end, uh, Natalia and Shayna Baszler pin Liv Morgan after a heart attack. So why are they in the match then? Oh, I don't know. Utterly bloody pointless. Anyway, post-match, uh, Zelina attacks Ripley, twats her with the scepter. Carmella shoves Natalia into the steel steps and then super kicks Shayna Baszler. And then they get in the ring. Is there a confrontation? Swerve. They're on the same page all along. They hug. They smile. Ah, we got shown up here, Hamlet. So the four wrestlers that went out there and had a meaningless match anyway, we're having to go out there with the, the mind games being played on. It was like, whoa, the champions are weakened. This is our big opportunity tonight. If Whichever one of us wins this match, we're going to be a, it's going to be a free hit against these weakened champions. Well, only for them to win the mean. Yeah, that's it. Perfect kind of way to build momentum, only for the match to be completely meaningless and then the mind game to be completely meaningless by the end of the meaningless match. The heart attack was particularly pointed as well because I thought it was a really genuinely nice detail on last week's AEW Dynamite on a night where there wasn't only like, it was one of a couple of Bret Hart teases as AEW played their next long game with getting us all excited at the prospect of the Hitman coming in. We got an ever so slightly clunky heart attack from John Moxley and Dean Ambrose. One, uh, Excuse me, um, John Moxley and Daniel... 
Brian Danielson, um, <laughs> where they're so fantastic that nothing they do is clunky unless they mean it to be clunky. And I'll, this could be me being generous, but I genuinely give them the doubt that they're not yet a tag team. So they're trying to perfect this one tag team move. Just happens to be a heart attack. That's a nice touch, but they can't quite crack it yet, but they'll get there. They'll do it. Shayna Baszler and Natalia have been together two weeks and they've got it because Natalia does bridge. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're wondering, is it, is it, her? is it a dad? No, it's her. Um, like, you know, like that's, they just get the heart attack. They win. They can already now call themselves, what, the top challengers in this bracket of loser makeshift teams that have been put together to fight for the belts? I mean, here's me. I'm campaigning for the ultimate loser makeshift team of Bailey and Asuka coming out and the night just winning it anyway because all of this is so fucking meaningless. But uh, what a rubbish... It's not a rubbish women's tag match. It's not a rubbish women's tag division. It's a rubbish women's division and still not enough people are talking about that. I can't remember a single buddy thing that happened to you, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. I cannot remember a thing about it. Fair enough. We'll move on instead to uh, Becky Lynch, who came out uh, after they recapped, obviously, uh, the throat trauma. I forget what the exact terminology they used for, for Bianca Belair here. Uh, outcomes, uh, Becky Lynch. I think cutting the promo she was meant to cut after SummerSlam. <laughs> Weird <laughs> one, this. Oh, like months and months too late. Anyway. Dribble. What does it profit a man, Michael Sidgwick, to gain the world but lose their soul? The world? I mean, she's answered her own question there. Eh? Uh, she talked about, you know, losing, the, well, not losing, but the months she didn't hold the championship, not because she was pinned or beaten, but because she was forced to surrender it. She forced the word symphony in here, and it felt very edge. Mm. And just like, oh, well, if we can use this word, then that means AW can't use it. Like, that's not how words work, but still. Uh, she said she knew she would do whatever it took to get it back. Uh, again, she repeated that phrase uh, about profit. Is a profit a man? No, I, can't <laughs> do, I can't do accents. Uh, <laughs> this championship meant everything. Uh, she had power if she held it. She she had glory. She was the she was holding the prize that was at the top of the mountain. And, there you go. Um, she returned, but the crowd had instead. A profit man. <laughs> there was a Bianca Belair over her. And so she had to sell her soul for the title. Um, Belair didn't have what it took to beat Becky Lynch. Uh, she could even damage her throat, but Lynch had damaged her worse. And Belair hurt her by accident, but Lynch did it deliberately. Uh, she said she came here this week to take Bianca Belair's hair, but Bianca Belair wasn't here tonight. Um, she couldn't risk losing her soul. Uh, Lynch had already sold hers. Uh, and she would uh, show Belair what she stood to profit at WrestleMania if she could make it. Uh, a lot of ponderous drivel, a lot of prete pretentious and insulting is are the two words I would use to describe this promo. Well, there's no edge promo this week, so they had to do it somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. This for your consideration stuff absolutely stinks. It is garbage. I can't fathom it. Between Edge, Seth Rollins, and Becky Lynch, whose earlier work in their careers have loved, legitimately oh, yeah. hell loved at various points. What the three of them are doing right now is absolute disappearing up their own arsehole rubbish that is just so laughably bad in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and how far away they are from that goal. This was so pretentious. She even referred to it as my precious. It's like, what, was it 2001? <laughs> Sorry, are you Gollum? Like, what's, what's this? Well, there was a Hobbit reference earlier, so... Yeah. Someone's watched Lord of the Rings. This really just pissed me Some off. Some people wish they hadn't. I just thought it was a cringe. 
a cringe, cringe, cringe promo with a golem reference <laughs> with this ridiculous hey. thing that they've read on, like, someone's be a writer's been round to one of their mates' walls, like, live, laugh, love. What is a ponder of mine? Whatever. Ah, that's, that's clever. I'm going to say that. I'm going to make Becky Lynch say that five times. And <laughs> they also had the nerve to say, you chose Bianca Belair. No, you we didn't. Don't lie to me. I don't even that bothered. I'm numb. I like the idea of the live preview yesterday, and you effectively called this. It's a pretentious promo. No, no sign of Bianca Belair seen. That, that that prospect of like them being inspired by a live laugh love thing hanging in someone's house as well. They're like Bianca Belair comes out next week, and it's like uh, Becky Lynch. You think you're fueled by the title? Well, I'm fueled by coffee and prosecco. <laughs> 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 When it comes to WrestleMania, you will take only fo- photos and leave only footprints. So... <laughs> what time is it? V- Vino o'clock? <laughs> oh, I'm tired. I think a good gym gone. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was, um, yeah, this was rubbish in content and execution. And I think, like, you made a, a key sort of analytical point before we even got to the review of it, Will Bond. Where was this? Sort of eight months ago? It's one thing for it to win it and then try and be big time Bex to get the new character over. But this was a reminder that they've sort of done this feud. They've asked everybody to just be like, yeah, pretend that like three months, SummerSlam and three months after it didn't happen. And then we'll do it again. And because somebody on Twitter is going to be like, oh, it's a story they were telling the whole time. It, I, This was in the wrong place and it was, it was pretty poor as well. I hate car stickers, right, at the best of times. No, you don't. Well, if the right one comes along, then absolutely, I'll get it. And if she lets you me. are a car sticker. <laughs> but I saw one yesterday that said, powered by goblin farts. <laughs> yeah. He loves it, he loves it. And I thought, <laughs> what, what have you seen that? I thought, I need that on the old, uh, the old punto. That's what we need. Ridiculous. You pop. Don't tell me you didn't pop. I just heard it. You like Becky Lynch? Hey, you remember... Uh, it's an old day. Yes, it's got that to come, don't worry. Uh, There's a tease for you. Old man Champa sat on the chair. Good friends like the stars in the sky. You don't always see them, but they're always there. Ain't that right, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Austin Theory is uh, is backstage with... Uh, Just an illusion caused by the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she's playing the lips in. Old man Champa's fucking sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sarah Schreiber. Oh, I, love, I, love, I love hanging out with my friends. Much cheaper than a psychiatrist. <laughs> Austin Theory's there with uh, Sarah Schreiber, and he's uh, happy about Pat McAfee's apology that we got on SmackDown, where he said, I'm, I'm sorry, you're such a little bitch, basically. Uh, but he's taking, the, he's taking the W there. Uh, and Theory said, McAfee's a dumb jock who had no business stepping in the ring with him. Uh, he could even have a word with Mr. McMahon and then McAfee wouldn't have a job anymore. Uh, and he said, he guessed, asked about his match with Finn Balor tonight. And he said, oh, my phone's basically full up. My storage is full with photos of uh, uh, selfies of me after I've beaten up Finn Balor. But don't worry, I'll take a few more tonight. But before we got Finn Balor versus Austin Theory, Michael Hamflet via Mahan is coming on April 4th. Love this, right? Because... Um... Veer Mahan is already a bigger star than 95% of the WWE main roster because while all of them run around like feckless, headless chickens desperate to get onto WrestleMania, he doesn't give a single fuck 
He'll just turn up the next day. He'll be like, ah, I, I don't need WrestleMania. Who does really? Like, he'll just rock up on his own date. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Like Cedric made this point earlier on about all of these like half cut teases about wrestlers that may or may not be at WrestleMania. It's odd to me that of all the ones they've left off, it's the mean guy because I don't think anybody would have kicked off had he have appeared at WrestleMania or like if it, if he'd have like Vermaan is actually if that flashes up on the screen, Vermaan has come. People would have a good chuckle over it, and he's come at WrestleMania and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, this was one of the few ones that I think you genuinely probably could have left as the tease. What they're expecting to draw a number out of him or something on the post WrestleMania Raw? <laughs> is, is, is is that how successful this odd like social media mean campaign has been that they think now that they're going to get some tacked on audience on what is traditionally one of their like more viewed Raws of the year anyway? That's it. This is what it is. You know, it's in in the old way of doing things. That you would expect this. That's that's what's strange. WWE's so broken and backwards now that mm. this feels weirder than it used to have done. When that was the whole point, you would start a, you would start someone's trajectory. Brock Lesnar debuted the night after WrestleMania because that meant he had a full year to get to the main event of his first one, and it worked a treat. I'm not comparing Vema Hart to Brock Lesnar, but that used to be how it was always done. So, it, but WWE has gone so strange now that it feels odd that they've given you a date. I don't care anymore. No, they obviously don't like them that much. I was going to say, I said this on the news. This wasn't the plan all along, was no, it? No, no. But yeah, I'm going to be very excited to see what happens on April the 4th. Um, and then we got the match, Finn Balor versus Austin Theory, uh, which also featured Pat McAfee coming out to uh, to cheer on and quite possibly distract. Uh, cheer on Finn Balor and distract Austin Theory. Uh, back and forth early on, Theory gets knocked out of the ring and McAfee does his weird sort of crotch chop thing that he does, which allows Balor to drop kick Theory into the bar- barricade to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Theory's in control, but McAfee's there cheering on Balor, who uh, fights back, running forearm, double foot stomp. But uh, then they roll, brawl to the outside and Theory starts slamming Finn Balor's head against the announce table and jaw-jacking with Pat McAfee. That distraction allows Balor to recover and bounce Theory's head off the table instead. Gets him back in the ring, goes for the coup de grace, but Theory dodges it. Again, McAfee distracts Theory, jumping up on the apron, uh, and they exchange counters. Theory manages eventually to hit the ATL for a near fall, but uh, then Theory finally gets distracted once more by Pat McAfee and rolled up by Finn Balor-Hamflet. I love Pat McAfee, but there's no getting away from the fact that all of this is just mid as hell, isn't it? This Pat McAfee, Austin Theory stuff, every interaction they have has yet to feel like it's only got even the tiniest bit of seasoning because McAfee's involved. That's the only reason this has got any spice to it. And even then, I'd say that's probably subjective and I wouldn't blame anybody for feeling less than nothing for this. Vince McMahon, in every sense, has pulled himself completely away from this. You know, like he doesn't, you don't see him really hanging out with Austin Theory for multiple segments a night anymore. There's no follow up on anything that happened on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. You were just watching. Two people that like they have a dispute, right? That's mm-hmm. fine. They don't like each other and they're going to wrestle at WrestleMania as a result. And it's only really special because Pat McAfee was invited on at the show by Vince and Austin Theory is playing out some sort of strange jealousy. There's just not a lot of heat to it. And that's fine when you're running a B show, but it, it doesn't really feel becoming of what they're trying to sell you on WrestleMania. I've honestly, there's, there's no thoughts on the match. We know it was a backdrop to do Pat McAfee stuff. Um, I found him throughout this match, as I pretty much did on his SmackDown appearance in ring last week. 
like excruciatingly obnoxious, <laughs> excruciatingly obnoxious, which funnily enough worked tremendously well when he was playing heel. I hate him as a baby face. I hate him as this baby face the stuff. He looked like a clown out there doing that stuff with his arms and next to his cock. <laughs> I thought he looked like, I thought he was so obnoxious that I just somehow Austin Theory emerges the baby face for me. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think uh, he's wasted in this baby face role for me. I just don't like him in it at all. Uh, we got a clip from WrestleMania 2017 with, with Gronk getting involved and with Jinder, right. Ma- Jinder Mahal. I get it. It's like, oh, it's nearly WrestleMania. Do you remember when this happened at WrestleMania? Well, my favorite thing at the moment is now half the clips they have to show, they have to be like, well, we can't show that bit because that's a release restaurant. We can't show that bit. So, like, what we saw was Gronk interfering in a battle royal that had no finish, basically. <laughs> because they're not going to show Mojo Rawley, would it? Because he's, anyway, it doesn't matter. Can't show Brett versus Owen? Oh, no, because they're going to be all elite effectively. <laughs> they can't show good things because they've rubbished their own history. Right, Sige. Shoosh, please. Shoosh. Uh, Chad Gable. Skip. Skip. Can I quickly mention, I do love the fact that they're on a Snickers advert now. We're skipping Skip. They're all on Snickers adverts, man. It's not special. Yeah, uh, Randy Orton and Riddle beat Alpha Academy after Riddle flipped out of a German suplex and hit a Gable skip with the bro Der- Derek. Right, enough of all this. It's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five star <laughs> review review is brought to you by Fresh from the Daylu. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, uh, you can do so by subscribing to What Called Wrestling on iTunes, leaving us a five star review. And uh, yeah, suggesting something for us to watch instead of a god-awful Raw segment or match. And Fresh from the Daily writes, I'm not sure which I enjoy more, the wrestling insight or the humour these guys pull off both marvellous. These guys pull off both marvellously. Really enjoy listening every day for a five-star review review. Could you review a 2016 Raw Uh... segment in which Anderson and Gallows mock the new day by bringing in the old day. Three guys dressed as really old Kofi, Biggie, and Xavier. Thanks, guys. Thanks to you, fresh from the Daylu. Uh, take us back to September 5th, 2016. Michael Hamflet, what was going on back then? Um, the Good Brothers, as you can probably guess, were feuding endlessly with the New Day. Um, the New Day were in the middle still of their like record-setting tag title runs they would have these quite elongated programs with teams because they were never going to lose the belts so you had to find ways to have them lose singles matches and come up with like wacky storylines which to be fair the new day polished a lot of turds over that period specifically as they still continue to now this was from the same angle where um remember when the good brothers were dressed as doctors and they had um, before or after the balls in a jar it was it was after bollocks in a jar but it was bollocks on television instead you know, what struck me more about this, because you can see the construct of all of this from the segment we're about to review. It doesn't need much backstory. It doesn't have much front story because the segment's too new. We provide backstory when the segment's old enough that WWE still cared about things like backstory. <laughs> this, is well in, this is well into the stuff just happens period of WWE. But what I found interesting about this, just before we dive into this one specifically, is this was right around the time that I was like starting freelancing for what culture before I started permanently. I think Sidgwick had not long started as well. So we're well in the content realm from here onwards. And it felt like once a year, 
WWE would do a segment that was so bad that it became that year's really bad segment. All Day was one. Uh, this Is Your Life, Bailey was another. Bobby's Sisters was another. And I think they were the three sequential years where you're like, what, what happens this one week a year where they do something hideous? That's every week all the time. You don't get that anymore because that is once a week, all year. Like every single week there is something as bad as this. But now the standards are so low, the bar is so low within WWE and indeed with us, I guess, as a fan base with our expectations that you no longer have that one thing like below all the rest. It's just, oh yeah, that was just something that happened on Raw Smackdown once a week. There's a there's a there's an old day on the raw that we are talking about today. You know, there's probably <laughs> there's probably more than one. This was rubbish, but was it really any more rubbish than like the the rubbish segment on this show or last week's SmackDown or last week's Raw? So uh, yeah, Gallows and Anderson are in the ring and they're cutting a promo saying we're retirement specialists. After retiring the Dudley Boys, we now have our sights set on retiring the New Day as Raw Tag Team Champions at Clash of Champions. Uh, so we're here to prove the new day that they can find just as much fulfillment in retirement as they do as the tag champs. So tonight we want to show you exactly what the new day is like under our care in the future. Without further ado, the old day and the music hits, but it's different music, Sage. This time it goes, it's an old day. Yes, it is. Not funny that at all. Not funny. <laughs> it's a little bit funny. Imagine slowing down somebody's catchphrase to a ludicrous degree for a bit. <laughs> imagine any, imagine anybody doing that. Uh, so three lads uh, with, with grey hair come out. One's got a stick. One's got a walker. They've got tennis balls on the bottom. And one's driving a motability scooter, basically. Uh, and they say, oh, Kofi, those suspenders are so booty. Remember when they tried to get that over? That was a thing, wasn't it, for a bit? And Gallows asks what's happened to them once they eventually... There's edits in here. We're watching the WWE uh, YouTube version because I'm not watching the whole bloody thing. Jesus Christ, I put these through boys, boys through enough. Uh, and uh, one of the New Day, which one it's meant to be, says, Well, at Clash of Champions, you guys beat the pee-pee out of us. This is the NXT preview. Or... <laughs> like, it's a champer voice. And uh, poor Carl Anderson says, Whoa, whoa, pee-pee? What do you mean, pee-pee? Uh, and the other guy goes, Real right, I don't feel the power of volatility. And they go, oh, the P-O-P. 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 Uh, and then Dr. Woods is asked how they've been treated in the future, but pamphlet. He can't hear because he's old and he's got hair and earwax and he's got a trumpet to put in his ear like he's something from the 1800s or something. Um, That's Marcel Champa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is when the New Day dropped, or at least on our version. I think it went on for about three more hours in my memory of this segment. The New Day come out uh, and Kofi's saying, oh, we can't, we can't get involved here. We can't touch ourselves from the future. You can't touch someone from the future. It'll destroy the WWE universe. If only. No. <laughs> uh, and Xavier Woods, uh, God, I can't wait till he's back on telly, says, well, we just get in the ring and beat up the ball, guys. So they go to do that. And of course, the club bail uh, and the New Day start dancing in the ring instead. And then one of the old day, for some reason, just clocks Big E on the back with his stick. It doesn't do anything, of course. And uh, I just love Big E, man. 
like he doesn't just turn around and go, oh, I'm going to kill you. He stops his friends from dancing and then doesn't say, one of those felons just twatted me with the stick. He gesticulates till they understand. He, he just he just hit me. And they go, oh, why have you done that? And they confront them and they the, the, the old day chuck the stick about, no, no, it was him. Oh, no, it was him. And uh, well, actually, before they properly beat him up, I did like Kofi's line, take that horn off. That's a good piece of merchandise. You didn't like the line, Wilborn. They uh, they beat them all up. One of them can't even go over the top rope properly. And uh, yeah, the New Day celebrate. Thoughts, Sige? Thoughts are that this is the most low-effort five-star review review of all time because this is simply so terrible <laughs> that we can't sell it. Mm. That's the general vibe, it's isn't it? it? Well, going... Rubbish. They must have known this is rubbish as well. So why did they do it? <laughs> like, even for them, they like this is not something they thought was amusing in any way. So why did they do this? Is it like cynical engagement? Like, oh, if we do something so bad, people will talk about it in any pubs, good pub, that sort of deal. Because no one possibly alive <laughs> can think this is good. As those words come out of my mouth, I recall being in the same office as Adam Wilborn, who involuntarily pops at some of the patter when he's doing the notes. It's an old day, yes it is. Shut up! <laughs> he's laughing at it! He was laughing at it before! Good stuff, that. You're an e-drone. It's like, <laughs> it was about three months earlier, I think, earlier. Might be later. This is not a request for us to review this, by the way. I'm just adding a bit of flavour to this. What is otherwise a fairly flavourless rundown of a terrible Raw segment. They did this themselves. The New Day put on... The, remember the time machine one? Mm -hmm. I was getting confused. Yeah, I don't know which came first. Uh, same period of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, same title reign, same period of time, same people in the ring having to fill 15 to 20 minutes of millions of pounds worth of content space. Uh, so we go to the comments section. Once again, the do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling, of course. Uh, the Perfect 10 sort of sums up, I think, everyone's thoughts on this. Well, Dadley's thoughts on this. Throughout this entire segment, just one sentence was going through my head. Why do I enjoy wrestling? This was this was a real low point. This was when they had a monopoly, didn't they, Sige? And it was just... Like, being the elite was only just happening a bit. Like, New Japan was great as well, but... Mm. You know, stuff on the indies popping off. The NXT was great, but in terms of WWE, mm. like, it just felt like this was your lot for the thing that everyone kind of talked about and you can involve yourself in. Mr. MSA writes, apart from this and the fact that the shiny stars defeated Enzo and Cass, this role was pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. I want to, uh, this Raw program at the time, I believe, was run by good guy Shane McMahon who just wants to make a fair for the baby faces. Uh, Golden New Age. <laughs> this was also <laughs> the time I saw some of these in the comments, but I didn't come to ask to mention them, where people were like, oh, I think SmackDown have won it this week, guys, when it was just like, oh, which is better, Raw or SmackDown? <laughs> The only people who give a toss about WWE things are YouTube commenters, and I've got a proof of that later on. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Muhammad Akbal uh, writes, uh, this segment was better than Bailey. This is your life. Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's your bar. <laughs> that piss, that smelled a little bit better than a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just, watch, just watch something else. 
If that is the curve against which you're measuring things, just get a new hobby. Uh, over to a new segment I'm liking to call uh, Comments That Aged Like Milk. Carbine Highlights writes, Old Day should be inducted into the 27 Hall of Fame with James Ellsworth. So, there's that. <laughs> uh, K.O. Saito, two years ago. Sid, why? What, two years ago, why? Clarifies this. From one bad segment to another, the old day later became Bobby Lashley's sisters. Did they? No, it was three different black men. Because <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> one of them was Max Caster. Yeah, was one of their Bobby Lashley's mm-hmm. sisters. Maybe, maybe the, the the two groups could combine and create the new nation of domination. <laughs> <laughs> That's how these YouTube commenters thinks all of this works. It's absolutely incredible. They are bad people. Yeah. Uh, final comment. Once again, it's not reflected the views of myself, Dandy Boys, or anyone. What culture wrestling comes from? My name is Awards, who writes, huh, you know what this crowd and Harambe have in common? They're both dead. Nice to hear some uh, Harambe patter <laughs> New Year's on. <laughs> Remember Harambe? That was a thing for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh god, I love that being one day the topic of a WWE writers room in about five years time. Remember Harambe on a white <laughs> on that board. Oh, yeah. Rambit, oh dear. Well, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and uh, wrestling related, then please do so uh, by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and just like Fresh from the Daily did, uh, leaving us a five star review review. Or you could email them to me, of course. Please do the do the five star rating on iTunes because it helps us helps us. Well, stay number one, let's be honest. Uh, or you can do it on, on Spotify, the five-star rating, of course. But you can also email me a suggested review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Where are we? Oh, yeah. The Raw Tag Team Champions have just defeated Alpha Academy. Yeah, post- we skipped it. Yeah, post-match, though. That was the match we skipped. Post-match, Otis hits uh, Orton over the barricade, goes to give Riddle a Vader bomb, but in come the Street Profits, uh, who make the save and then uh, beat him up. Angelo Dawkins hits him with a spine buster. Spine bus- buster? Spine buster. And Montez Ford hit him with a frog splash because it's going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania. I'm genuinely looking forward to this, to be fair. Hamlet, did you know that me and Sid have worked out a foolproof way to work out whether or not a match is good? In WWE? Oh, yeah, in WWE. Go on, go on. Let's do it, Sid. So we developed this on the Raw preview last night. Matches involving one people don't happen unless... It's Randy Orton RKOing himself because he's the only legend left. Of course. Matches involving involving two people on television usually go to a DQ if they're any good. More more on that later. And on pay-per-view, let's face it, they're not as good as they would be if they were presented by a different promotion Mm. because they're just the pan Mm -hmm. style. Uh, Triple threats, you get some good ones, Mm. but mostly it's prolonged selling on the outside. And it breaks suspension of disbelief because they sell for longer than they would ordinarily for given moves because the, the genre of the match, you know this, I know this. Yeah. Tag matches, the form's been decent this year, but, you know, never let recent form fool you. No, Ooh, tags. Generally, they don't care about tag team wrestling. So one, two, three, four, no. You get the five, mm-hmm. you fail five ways, awesome. You get the sixes <laughs> and your six-pack challenges and your multi-man ladder matches is great. It could probably apply that logic or extend that logic to six, seven, eight, all the way up to 29, but the rumble suck now, so 30 is the cut off. <laughs> so anywhere between five and 29 wrestlers in a WWE ring is yeah. good. Anything yeah. else is bad? I, no, 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 you've done 
won the maths. Uh, Gable Stevenson gets uh, congratulated on winning. Uh, he's missed a two-time winning the NCAA championship and uh, presumably uh, hanging up his boots or leaving them behind or whatever, and he's going to come in. No pressure, kid, but you're the new Kurt Angle, basically. Uh, then we got some uh, very silly 24-7 championship stuff. Uh, Dana Brooke and Reggie tag team match against Tamina and Akira Tozawa. We see backstage earlier on Tamina chokes Akira Tozawa and uh, implies, do you mean sex? No, I mean the 24-7 title. Uh, and we start off with a chicken fight because, of course, we do. He loves it, man. I love a chicken fight. And uh, Dana Brooks on Reggie's shoulders, but, of course, Akira Tozawa can't lift. Like the silence that greeted this, by the way, it was like Orton Cena levels of stuff, wasn't it? They're pointing at the side like this. The hot crowd went dead for this chicken fight, and you got Wilborn pissing <laughs> stuff. I, I like when they flipped it. Well, it's funny you should say that. Come back to me once you've done the recap. Okay, uh, so uh, Tazawa goes on Tamina's shoulders, and uh, Dana kicks. Uh, Tamina, I oh know Tamina kicks Reggie in the ribs or something. There's a brawl, uh, but Tamina falls face first into the Kiritazawa's crotch and gives him a low blow, which is quite funny as well. Uh, and uh, the best <laughs> bit of all was they were so obsessed with showing uh, Kiritazawa getting hit in the bollocks, they missed the pinfall. It was in a little box in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want to say about this? Well, Hamlet accurately pointed out the absolute pin drop silence mm. in this arena, okay? Imagine if certain YouTube commenters were in that arena and what that would sound like. <laughs> so, um, I'll basically, I'll level with you. After the first hour, I thought, it's enough of a full-length draw for me. <laughs> I'm around on YouTube to get the condensed version of the nine-minute matches with no finishes. Mm -hmm. And then I'll watch the main event in full because I, you know... I've got kids that have to prevent preemptively wake up in front of you know the whole deal. So I watched this 24-7 stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Skip the entrances, get the gist. But I want the comments because I'm thinking there's going to be a WWE fight thinks this is good. Not a single soul in that arena reacted, right? Oh no. What's My that? thought is that our truth and Tazawa as a tag team together, it would be the most hilarious tag team ever. Why left emoji 87 likes? I died laughing, rest in peace, Courtney, when Tamina landed on Tazawa, the way he screamed and his face expression was priceless. Jeez. When she fell into him and screamed, I legit died laughing. <laughs> Honestly, the storyline has been funny as hell. I'm really loving the storyline. Now, please let it continue. Yes. You gotta love how the joke title is one of the best storylines right now. That was from... <laughs> That was from a Ryan S. Uh, that's, like, that's too obvious. We'll call him R. Satin. <laughs> <laughs> this match was like watching the Looney Tunes cry, laugh, cry, laugh, cry, laugh emoji. I swear to God, right? That's He's real. Yeah, those are real YouTube know, yeah. comments. I can see you reading them. I still can't believe it. Can you imagine as luck would have it if those six people were like in this arena <laughs> dying laughing? You would just hear silence and then just from various pockets of the crowd. <laughs> Can you imagine? Why aren't these people at the arena? Yeah. King Power Fox Jamie Vardy gives it five stars on Cage Match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could it be? Right. How can you possibly find it? Watch comedy programs. Yeah. 
Uh, main event time, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. They went nearly 23 minutes here. <laughs> for a DQ. To go to a DQ. <laughs> Sleep piss take. Honestly, my least favourite thing in this world is three and three-quarter star WWE matches on television. I hate them. Mm. Objectively good, in a way, things that I hate. Mm. Yeah, they were the really Charlotte one. Remember the, the Charlotte one last year? Like the, Charlotte was like, you almost never get a good Charlotte match anymore. Oh, and Charlotte then she was having that. I like a really decent one. It's just like, ah, no finish. Same for the, same for the pick. 25 Do minutes it. and then Charles Flair has got a chair out and started wheeling on her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my my favourite is, is around the Charlotte stuff as well is like originally when it when she like won the Rumble and she was going to face Rhea Ripley, we were like, all right, it's a WWE, so there's going to be some bollocks. But Rhea Ripley and, and Charlotte Flair on paper, money. And if right up until the end and then... They have all those matches and they're all just there. And uh, I mean, the WrestleMania one was enjoyable, obviously, but they just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Do you remember that one they suddenly had on, I don't remember what even pay-per-view it was, Amphlet, but where we were suddenly like, wait a second, when they just went, oh, let's just beat the crap out of each other. We're like, oh, re can't play good again. That's what it takes because we get subjected to bollocks like this all the time. Uh, yeah, they work well together. It's Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Of course they did. Springboard forearm outside the ring to take us to a break from AJ Styles. Rollins takes over, hitting a neck breaker over the middle rope. Uh, a bit where Styles goes face first into the buckle. Sounded awful because his leg connected with it, thankfully. Not his head. Take notes, Bill. Um, Rollins uh, takes control. Suicide dive takes us to another break. Um, he uh, taunts Styles but uh, and smacks him with that wake Styles up and he... Fires back and hits him with a uh, fireman's carry neck breaker for a two. Uh, Rollins jackknifes him for two. Styles gets a face buster and hits him with that for another near fall. Rollins blocks the Styles clash, rolling elbow, falcon arrow. That gets a two count. Styles suplexes Rollins into the turnbuckle, goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Rollins super kicks in midair. Follows up with a buckle bomb, goes for the frog splash, but Styles gets his knees up. Uh, Styles sets up with a forearm and then just gets smashed in the back by Edge. Uh, DQ, which means, of course, AJ Styles wins. Rollins loses. He is not going to WrestleMania. Uh, and Rollins is pleading with the referee. I'm sorry. I have just saw your note. Don't say it. No, that's that's not my, my writing, by the way. Okay. Um, Rollins grabs the mic and yells, this is, I've already got enough work to do today, BS, basically. But they obviously bleep the S. Well, the first S they definitely bleep. Some of them they definitely didn't. Uh, and he says, Raw won't happen next week. He's got a mic now uh, until until he gets to WrestleMania. And he throws a huge tantrum around ringside. He rips, uh, the, he tips the table over. He rips stuff off the, the turnbuckle, uh, the you know, the posts and what have you. And he just he just throws a right paddy, basically, Sidge, to close out this show. Yeah. Again, I hate the fact that this match happened, so I always had no emotional investment in it to begin with. A lot of the counter-driven work was as great technically as one would expect from performers of this caliber. However, wrestling isn't about moves. It isn't about moves executed well. It's about when to do it and if you should care about the moves. That's what it's all about. The when to do it in terms of the dramatic structure of the match, all very sound. Of course it was. It's these two. But then you realise, why am I watching these guys fight? So instantly you're a bit numb to it. And then Seth Rollins with his body language expressed why he was wrestling. 
And I thought it was very hammy. Mm. Of, oh my God, I'm not going <laughs> to. The joke's going to be on the guy who laughs. <laughs> Look at the irony of that. The joke's going to be on the jokester, you see. So I just hated his uh, face, quite, off, uh, quite frankly, uh, during large portions of this match, which, again, WWE, terrible stuff, welded onto great wrestling. It was welded on so suffocatingly tight that I just felt removed from it yeah this was too good for the like the work was too good for the intent of the match which was to sell that Seth Rollins can't get at Wrestlemania and that Edge is going to eventually attack AJ Styles but it wasn't good enough for you to forgive just a dreadful like key finish at the end mm. so it was neither one nor the other Seth Rollins and AJ Styles had a like I like both guys but I love neither of them and yet they had an absolutely fantastic match at Money in the Bank 2019 for Seth Rollins' universal title. Mm. A total ripper when you kind of thought that neither of them were going to be able to wrestle outside of WWE's formula. Really, really good. I recommend it now from both of them. This wasn't as good as that. And for the finish that you were getting, it kind of needed to be better. Mm. And they just, it's not its not on them, but it, you know, I never got there. The distinct feeling by the halfway mark that you felt like you were wasting your time. And the worst thing is, is when you're watching it live, you don't know it's the halfway mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, I not not an ideal way for the show to end, and not a. I don't think there's a. Um, it's the the Cody buzz is it's it's not not buzz, but it's not buzz. You know, it's uh, like people want to see. I cannot wait to watch it happen, mm. whatever it is that happens. But I don't feel like I'm being taken along on a hike train towards it. Yeah, intriguing to see what they do next week. They have stacked the show. We'll be previewing it, of course, on Monday. Make sure you subscribe to What Cook Dressing, wherever you get your podcast from, for that. And let us know your thoughts on Monday now on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And you can pre-order your WrestleMania beers, if you live in Europe, at TopRopeBrewing.com, as I said. We will be back later on today with the NXT preview. <laughs> now, this has been the Raw Review of my tax Stanley voice. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.